Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. Ha ha ha! I'm gonna your fucking ass! You don't got your plan touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people! I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody! Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. Well, rich baby. I would like to introduce. Welcome to the MA4 Money Show episode 13. Yes, we're back with the normal cast. We had a little special interview show for you guys last week when I had to bow out. I apologize for that, but you know what? It was a great show. You got great insight onto some boxing and MMA greats. And Mike just told me before this, the official Mike, actually, you know more about that. The full show that got released with Jorge Masvidal. I'll just give them a plug now so they get that info. Yeah, you can go to uh, at Dank City on YouTube and uh, go follow them. And you can see all the Andy Ruiz stuff. And then also the George Masvidal uh, special interview that we talked about. Now, that voice was right there was Mike Copenhaver at Don't Cope Just Win on Twitter. He's also one of the masterminds behind the main Twitter handle, the MMA for Money team handle, where we share the show, anyone else's bets from the site, and just all around great information. I am Bob Voss at MMA State of Mind on Twitter, your friendly neighborhood garbage man, your favorite garbage man. Again, apologize for last week. Between picking up everyone else's extra trash and extra turkeys with the day behind, plus hosting thanksgiving for the first time at our house things got a little crazy but you know what we are back and we still haven't missed a week which i'm i'm very happy with so thanks for mike for sticking in there uh this show is going to be a little bit different uh as many of you know we have been devoid of ufc fights there has been none there's been some bellator maybe a few other things around but you know what? we finally have some ufc back so we don't have a ufc show to review we have one to preview and a few fight announcements and little news and notes we're going to get to. So we'll throw you those news and notes, and then we're going to get in to UFC DC. Okay. First of all, before I forget, I meant to say this on the last show, but I wasn't on the last show. Uh, Val Valor Bare Knuckle. All of the fair first events fight are now on their YouTube. If you want to check that out, uh, if you look back on the shows, me and Mike very much very much enjoyed uh, that first event by Kim Shamrock and all those guys over there. And also they announced that LeVar Johnson is going to come up and fight their champ, Mark Godbeer, at a January event. Uh, I, didn't, I can't remember if I've seen that they announced the official date yet, but as of a week or two ago, it was just in the month of January. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Now, biggest news in the UFC, biggest news in MMA over the last about week has been the official confirmation announcement as of thanksgiving day basically that conor mcgregor is coming back long awaited at least long awaited to mma he's fighting cowboy cerrone which is the fight that mike said should happen it's it's happening it's official it's at 170 now i'm not going to pontificate why this fight is at 170 because to me and i know michael agree here it only makes sense for one reason he's gunning for jorge masvidal and if he beats Cowboy, which I think he likely will, but if he beats Cowboy, he is going to go right in there and challenge Jorge Masvidal for likely the biggest payday that he can get outside of a Khabib breach match, which he doesn't quite have a hope in. Also, Johnny Walker is set to fight Nikita 
Krylov. Well, not set quite yet. This is in talks, but two crazy styles going to go at each other to hopefully make some sense of 205. Speaking of 205, Corey Anderson is going to fight Jan Blakowicz. You know I'm full on team Jan Blakowicz. Corey Anderson is going to get welcome to the block party and Jan Blakowicz is going to take him out. I don't even care if he's the underdog. He's been the underdog before. He is going to eventually get to the title shot, get killed when he's there, but he'll get there. Now, Mike, I know I just threw a lot of stuff at you, but what, how do you feel about those three fights we talked about? Oh, well, I, I'm looking forward to um, all of them. It's just uh, the mostly the McGregor versus Cowboy is going to be just fireworks. Uh, everyone in the world knows Conor McGregor now. Um, everyone in the MMA world knows uh, Cowboy. So this is just a great opportunity to make a, a, one of their stars shine even brighter. Uh, of course, um, Conor McGregor most likely is going to be that star, especially like you said, the matchup uh, in the end could be with uh, George, George Masvidal. And there's uh, no, no, like you said, no bigger fight right now. But uh, I, I don't, I really, I can't wait for that if that really happens. But we'll see if uh, what happens after that. And then uh, Johnny Walker and Krilov, um, I, I, that's going to be super exciting. Krilov has been a, a prospect for a while. He he has never really came to fruition in what he should have done. He's kind of been a, a little bit of a disappointment. And then Johnny Walker has been a, a huge prospect for the UFC. They've been pushing. Of course, he lost recently to Corey Anderson, which is first loss as of yet um, in the UFC that matters. And so I, I, I still think that uh, Johnny Walker has the higher ceiling. And then um, Jan on the block, man, I, um, I'm a big fan of him too. So I can't wait to see that matchup. And Corey Anderson – he deserves some respect as well, and I uh, just can't wait to see these things go down. Now, I've had this long-held belief about uh, Corey Anderson, and I, I want your opinion on it because I value your opinion. I think Corey Anderson could legitimately be the UFC champ if he had at least one of these two things, but ideally both of them, but at least at least one of the two. If he had a solid chin, which we know he doesn't have, and if he had a little bit more power in his hands. Now, how, how do you think about that? Think if you had Corey Anderson, but you gave Corey Anderson like a Mark Hunt style chin with all of the wrestling and improvements in his boxing that he's made. How, how do you think he would do? I mean, obviously, I know the X factor is John Jones, but obviously his biggest glaring weakness, in my opinion, Corey Anderson is his chin. And second is the fact that he doesn't have like tremendous power given that he's a tool fiver. What are your thoughts? Yeah. If he, if he could get his chin straight, it would, it would be absolutely amazing. He, he has a ton of skill, um, athleticism, and he's got hard work and determination to back it, which is the, I think the, his most, uh, his best asset. So I, I think that if he could, if he could uh, just inherit that or, if he took some performance enhancing drugs like some of the OGs did, we would see a whole different beast come out of uh, Corey Anderson. So I, uh, I, 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 I like the kid. So I, I'm a fan. I can't wait to see this fight go down because I think this is going to be a, a great fight because uh, Jan is not going to mess around. Now, I know I'm kind of going forward and back. I threw a lot at you and now I'm going back over. Uh, some of these fights just because the more stuff's coming in my head as it's going on. I guess I should have digested this a little bit better, but what's your initial 
take because we've done this a few times with fights in the past what's your initial take on conor mcgregor versus cowboy how, how do you see it going obviously we're not going to hold you to this when the fight actually happens we'll give full breakdowns but just like flat off the top of your head how do you see that fight going um i, I think that mcgregor has learned so much striking and boxing and can utilize the movement and and hit Cowboy in his body where he's weakest. I have always said that the Cowboy's biggest weakness is his body. He cannot handle body shots. Um, I believe that Conor McGregor has learned enough from the McGregor bout to to literally just put a schooling on Cowboy in a boxing match. So I I think that Cow- uh, Conor McGregor is going to school Cowboy. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree there. Um, with those body kicks he's throw, that's a very good point and. There's a reason Connor has been going for this fight. Connor McGregor is one of the fastest starters in the lightweight division. To- totally disregard the fact that this is at welterweight because these are two lightweights. Connor McGregor is a super fast starter. He's a southpaw. And he goes to the body. And he's great at the counter. Cowboy's go-to losing style is against someone who will attack him in the first round, is a southpaw, and will go to the body. If you go to all of his biggest defeats, that's what it was. Now, at 170, will that help Cowboy's chin? I don't know, because he's got hellaciously hellaciously beaten the last two fights. But yeah, I, I definitely see him out at some point. But I mean, kudos to him. He got the big fight, and I guarantee you in the main event, he's worked out some amount. He's getting some from pay-per-view points or an extra boost, and this is his championship fight. But what people don't understand is getting to this fight is his championship fight. He's probably not going to make much more with a win here. It's like This is the championship fight. He got here. He got this fight. He's set. Winning the fight, I don't necessarily think he has that type of motivation in him. Obviously, this all might change come fight time. We got about six weeks till that happens. But again, I'm sorry that we digressed. Moving on. UFC DC. We have been completely without UFC for about three weeks now. And finally, we're going back to UFC DC. I'm sorry. I just think that they should have done everything comic book theme, given that it's DC. But that's my nerd coming out on there for this fight poster and all that kind of stuff, even though they were with ESPN who's owned by Disney, who also owned Marvel. But the, beside the point, uh, Tiago Pitbull Alves, one of the OGs, is fighting one of the other, I would say one of the other OGs, just not as popular of one in Tim Means. Tiago Alves is plus 225. He's fighting Tim Means at minus 265. When I heard first about this fight, I was so, so excited and utterly planned to bet on the dirty bird himself tim means he's just more with it he's more violent his clinch is nasty he puts combinations together great but he's minus 65 super steep for me um, my pick will be means i just don't think alves has ever been the same since his botched 155 weight cut that she just did so bad and i just think means is tougher and he just has the better clinch and that's just where he's going to light alves up Mike, how do you feel about the Pitbull versus the Dirty Bird? I think that Alves is washed up and really doesn't have anything to offer. I think, like you said, Tim Means' clinch is is really mean. Uh, 
and I think that he's he's going to do his, most of his damage there, and he will do his damage there. I can't uh, say off the top of my head who Alves has been controlled in the clinch by before, but I, I have memories of him being controlled vividly by someone and someone laying in some damage to him. So I would say uh, Tim Means is going to win this fight, and I'd, I'd say by finish. Yeah, honestly, if you have a major lean in this fight and you agree with Mike, I would bet uh, Tim Means inside the distance is not the worst bet you can make. Actually, you know what? I will look that up right for you guys so you at least know generally where you should be looking at. Uh, Tim Means inside the distance is plus 150, so you actually got some good plus money there. Honestly, if you have an inkling on that fight, that's likely where it's going to go. That's a nice thought. Yeah, that's, those are good, that's a good line. Um, moving on. Since we don't have an official bet for that fight, I will move on. Although, like we said, inside the distance, plus 150, that's a good number. Uh, I would assume it would be a little bit closer to even money or maybe even a slight favorite. But you know what? There you go. Uh, Ricky Simon is plus 115 against Rob Font, minus 135. Ricky Simon is trying to bounce back from his first round TKO loss to the unretired Uriah Faber. Uh, Font's last two fights... And a victory was a decision over Sergio Pettis, but that was just under a year ago, like just under, like it's going to work out to be like a week less than a year since he last fought. But in that time frame, he had two fights canceled on him, including the Lineker fight, which was the last fight that was supposed to happen, where Lineker got uh, a cut that caused the fight to be canceled while he was cutting weight for the fight. So it got, it got that close. And then the other one that got canceled was an injury to uh, Cody Stamen, who we'll talk about later on the card. A little bit off air, me and Mike were talking about this fight and I am curious on if Ricky Simon is as good as we think he is, or if he's someone that freezes under the bright lights. First co-main event going up big against Uriah Faber and he went out. Did he get hit perfect or did he just freeze up being in his first big spot? The bounce back fight is always what's to tell. And Mike knows I like to stay away from fighters after getting one shotted or taken out, whether, especially if it's the first time it's happened to him, especially if it's early on in a fight and just to see how they bounce back from it. Like certain fighters who have been knocked out in the past, you see how they come back from fights. Typically it's a little more conservative the next fight out. And if they do that, they can find their way to victory. I don't know what Ricky Simon's going to do. Um, in general, I think Rob Font has better boxing, the straight boxing. Um, I think he mixes everything together well. I think he has a new lease on life and is chomping at the bit to get some fights. So he's all for it here. Uh, I am leaning Rob Font. I'll say I pick him. Uh, I have no bet on this fight. Mike, how are you feeling about Ricky Simon versus Rob Font? I think this will this will be an exciting matchup. I think that um, Rob Font has some really really good crisp boxing. I, I think he's super talented. I, I he hasn't quite shown uh, the talent that I think uh, as much talent as I think he at the the height of talent that I think he's at. But um, I, I just I like his boxing and I think that he's a superior striker to Ricky. And I and I I th- only think thing that Simone has or Simon, whatever you say it is, has is some kind of a uh, scram, maybe a better scrambler or um, he's going to have a really good takedown. So I'm a little worried on that, but I, I would lean that font is a uh, superior and that has a way crisper boxing. And I, and I like that a lot. Do you think Rob font has a chance 
to knock down, knock down Ricky Simon so his mullet lays flat on the canvas and he looks up at the lights. Oh, definitely. That's that's the type of talent that I think Rob Font has. I think that he has a, a really good left hand and it's just boxing is super crisp. So uh, he's he's got power in both. So I I think he could easily lay out this kid, but we just don't know what he's he's got because we've only seen him get laid out once. I will say, man, this 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 bantamweight division is beyond exciting. It's one of the few ones that literally one through fifteen in the rankings is just basically hot fire like if any of these guys get matched up any ranked opponents get matched up or anywhere near that top 15 these fights have just been phenomenal for the last like two years it's pretty stacked and we have plenty of upcoming uh great uh, bantamweight fights where i should get into the one next actually i just noticed that and again uh cody stamen is up currently plus 170 he's fighting against song yudong or yudong song again i apologize i'm trying to find out the order of some of these of these Chinese names, I'm hearing one way from another person, one way from another. So I'm going at least by the way that I saw it written. So Song Yudong, who is a minus 200 favorite, uh, Cody Stamen was one of the cancel bounce against Rob Font that I, I mentioned earlier. He's coming off a win against Alejandro Perez. Actually, both of these men, their last fights were against Alejandro Perez. The cancel fight for against Rob Font was in the interim between then and now. Uh, the main difference is Cody Stamen went to decision with uh, Alejandro Perez and Song Yidong just took him out with a flurry of, fun- of uh, strikes midway through the first round. Now, I'm not saying, hey, it's MMA math, so he should do the same thing to Cody Stamen. Just throwing that out there that they have similar opponents and both won. One just dealt with him a little bit more expediently. Uh, Song is an all-action, in-your-face striker uh, who's training with Team Alpha, formerly Team Alpha Male. So the assumption is that he's tightened up his wrestling and he can uh, keep it standing and land that big shot on Stamen, which is a real possibility. Um, If you are confident that Stamen has good enough wrestling to get it to the ground, especially if he could prolong that through the first round and tire out uh, Yudong a little bit, like force him to try to get up, work out his legs so he doesn't have the same drive through on his strikes. Uh, He has a good shot. So if it gets into second round, especially midway through the second round, I would more heavily favor Stamen. So if you're alive better, and let's say the first round is close, but Stamen has spent a good amount of time on top, or uh, Yudong had to defend several takedowns and had to stop the drive through, I would start leaning towards Stamen then. I mean, plus 170 is a good price. Uh, I had talked to Mike earlier that that plus 170 looks real nice, but I don't know. His chin definitely isn't as good. Uh, if he gets much higher, it's going to be a lot harder to say no. Uh, Mike, how are you feeling about Stamen versus Yudong? I, uh, I I was high on Stamen um, a couple of fights ago, and I I, I like because I like wrestlers, as, as you all know, wrestling and jujitsu are my two favorite things. Uh, I I think that his wrestling is amazing. But his chin and his striking is absolutely garbage. It's archaic. It's it's literally so far not advanced and inferior to most strikers in the UFC that I I, I see him getting his head knocked off uh, multiple times in his near future. So I, I think uh, Song Yadong uh, could do that easily. 
I, I, I think that he will do that. And I, I just think that uh, Stamen's striking is just is non-existent. He has n- nothing to offer. And uh, Song Yudong should uh, make quick work of him, especially uh, working down with Team Alpha Male. His wrestling should be sharp, and he should be able to take uh, to stuff those takedowns and, and damage him coming in. Now, this next fight, I'm actually going to throw to you first. I'm not going to have myself have all the fun. I'll let you go first on this one. Aspen Ladd is currently minus 155. She's coming off her first-round loss against Jermaine Deronomy the same night that, as we talked about, Ricky Simon had his first KO loss in the first round of that fight, who was the co-main event of the same main event. Sorry, it was a very action-packed co-main and main event, that fight. And actually, the one person she lost to, Jermaine Deronomy, is going to be fighting for the title next. So it just kind of shows you where they saw Lad at in the division. Super young, 24, uh, seems to have her weight under control, given uh, news reports out there. Uh, everyone remembers the shaky scale weigh-in uh, for the last fight. Uh, she seems to be in much better spirits and in much better shape going into this one. She's fighting against Yana Kunitskaya, who's on a two-fight win streak in the UFC. Uh, she debuted in the UFC against uh, the great Chris Cyborg, which didn't exactly go her way. Kind of got demolished in there, but obviously Chris Cyborg was fairly well above most everyone in the division. She's a former Invicta fighter and has fought some relatively big names, or at least kind of some stalwarts in the division. So, Mike, how do you feel about this possible contender or soon-to-be contender fight? Well, as you know, uh, we're we're super high on Aspen Ladd, um, and as she got beat down by during Jermaine Durandamy, so I don't know what girl showed up that day, but it was definitely wasn't one worth betting on. I think she had some mental problems, some weight issues, whatever was going on was a real thing. I think that she is has way more skill than this Yana chick. That if she can get her down on the ground where she's better, she can take this girl's back and also lay some damage. So I think that uh, last minute lad, this is just a bounce back fight where she can uh, recover from someone who is not as deadly as a GDR. I'm, I'm going to agree with you there. Um, do you think Aspen lad is going to take this fight? I just, she still has such a high ceiling for this division. I mean, given how young she is, it's like it's, it's the strange thing about bantamweight. It seems like bantamweight is the old lady division for the most part. It's like most people that have a relatively big name in this division are in their mid thirties or older. They're all aging out. This is one of the few um, legit, you can't even call her a prospect anymore. It's almost given with how high she is in the division, but yeah, prospect because she's 24 man. she's going to get better. She's at that perfect age for it. And yeah, probably eventually she'll have to bet bump up to featherweight provided that's still a division in uh, the UFC for women. I, I think she's going to get this fight. I think she's going to get it down. I think she's just going to, I think she's going to get a ground and pound victory at some point and you can't go against her too bad for the loss against uh, GDR. Cause I don't know what it is about her, but she is just, I don't know, some type of black magic against so many great MMA fighters like she beat Holly Holm granted I don't think she beat Holly Holm but the judges did so she did and took out Aspen Ladd and I mean I wouldn't be surprised if flukes happened and she took out uh, Amanda Nunes it's like she's just that good of a striker and she knows to find her shot and if you give her a shot she's gonna take it going to the Holly Holm fight whether it be before the bell or after the bell 
So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Aspen Lad. Um, minus one fifty five. Minus one fifty five. I do not have a bet on Aspen Lad. I'm making that clear right now. But this is one of those that please keep an eye on Twitter because if she dips much lower, well, here you go. On that. She just dropped down to minus one fifty. If she gets lower, that might end up being a bet for me. Just I'm that confident in her. But again, like as I said against the Ricky Simon fight, I do not always like betting fighters coming off their first KO loss, let alone a one shot like she did. I mean, I guess she didn't take a ton of damage. And I don't think Kuniskaya has the type of power to take out Aspen Lad, but you still got to be a little worried there. So it's why I'm trying to be safe. If this is normal Aspen Lad, I would bet her all the way up to probably minus 200, but I'm kind of trying to make, remain conservative. And uh, if she goes probably under my, like if she gets like minus 135, 130, or really anything lower than that, I will, I will likely have a bet on her come fight time. So, like I said, keep an eye on Twitter. Uh, we all try to tweet out each other's stuff so you all have a chance to see it. Um, now, in a sad fight, um, I'm saying it's a sad fight because this is one of those heavyweight fights that, man, it could, it's, there's a good chance it could be really, really bad. Like, if this goes past the three minute mark of the first round, there's a really, really good chance this could be bad. Uh, I'm going to set the plate for this one. And again, I'm going to throw this one to Mike and then I'll finish it off before we go on to the co main event. Ben Rothwell, former IFL champion, former affliction fighter, Ben Rothwell, minus 140, is fighting recently unretired, although only recently retired, Stefan Struve plus 120, the skyscraper, the crazy tall Dutch guy that doesn't know how to use his reach, who has the same reach as John Jones, but is like seven inches taller. Um, they're fighting. And Ben Rothwell, Ben Rothwell is coming not too far from his USADA suspension where he was off for two years. Uh, he has fought since, but he just has looked so slow. <laughs> and Struve is back from his short-lived MMA retirements because MMA retirements don't mean anything apparently mike are you for the steroid cheat or are you for the couch potato recently retired unretired crazy tall dutchman well let me let me tell you a story when i first began betting and it was like I'd say like 2014 i was all confident or was it 2014 whenever whenever rothwell fought jds that's when it was. I drove myself down to Las Vegas with $500. And I was like, I'm going to put $500 on uh, Ben Rothwell. I even chose, it was on a Sunday, the event. So it was a weird timing. I even chose to sleep in my car that Saturday night, uh, just so I could just not spend extra money and put more on that fight. And uh, just sleep in my car and wake up and watch it at the Wynn Sportsbook. So I slept terribly in the rain. Uh, over there in Vegas where it barely rains and woke up, should have known that the rain was an omen that I was going to lose. I freaking go to the sports book to watch this fight at like 11 a.m. in the morning. I, and mind you, I never, ever leave Vegas at 11 a.m. That, that is the stupidest thing you could possibly do. That's checkout time. That's a guaranteed eight-hour trip home. So I go there, watch the fight. Uh, JDS whoops fucking Rothwell's ass somehow running around the ring. Mayweather style and I lose my ass dude and I'm so pissed so I have to drive home now no money really 
And uh, uh, now I got an eight hour trip that's usually four. So I absolutely hate Ben Rothwell. I, I really don't use that word very often, but I hate him. He's on the list. He's on the, the hit list. He's on the I absolutely will never bet list. So I'm going to cheer Stefan Struff on here. I absolutely hate Ben Rothwell. I'll never sleep the same because that night and that day and that bet. It's one of my worst bets of all time, and I'll never forget it. And so that's why you fans are now going to hear it. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to st- uh, vote for the, or root for the skyscraper to uh, unleash the beast. Honestly, I don't necessarily have anything against Ben Rothwell other than his terrible recent fights um, that I thought he was going to win. And even one that I thought he did win, and I bet on him, and they still didn't give me the win. Either way, um, I want Stefan Struve. In theory, I want Stefan Struve to win. But I know if he wins, apparently he's going to keep coming back to fight. So I would say I hope he loses so he retires, but... I don't know. He's got his uh, lights turned out enough times that he probably would just go right back for it. Um, <laughs> honestly, given all uh, skill for skill, I think Ben Rothwell is the better fighter. Skill for skill, Ben Rothwell wins everywhere. He ha- everywhere. Striking, grappling, wrestling, everything. Better. But with how he's looked after coming back from two years and not fighting and not getting special vitamins or I don't know, whatever, however you want to put it. I don't, I think Steven Struve might pull it off. I, I really do. Cause at very least he's the same fighter, same fighter. He's been for the last like five years, which isn't a great fighter, but it's a serviceable fighter. So provided he can protect his chin a little bit, and see Ben Rothwell's recently glacial speed, glacial speed of strikes coming in. I think he could pull it off. Yeah, it's plus one twenty. If you want to go for dog money on a heavyweight, that's by all means go for it. Um, the over that <laughs> this proves that they think this is going to be a boring fight. The over is set at two and a half. Not one and a half for a heavyweight fight, two and a half, and that's minus one hundred five. So they're definitely thinking this is going to go to decision. Now, if you got a link inkling either way, who's going to win? Like if you're thinking Struve can pull off that decision, he's plus three fifty, or even Rothwell by decision is plus three hundred. So if you have a confidence on either side and you really think it's going to go to decision, I mean, you can make your money right there because minus one hundred five for over two and a half, I don't think is worth it. If it was plus money, maybe. But honestly, heavyweight fights got gotta love the old what used to be one and a halfs before enough heavyweights decided to like get good enough at defense that they made it to the final bell. Um, actually, speaking just a little anecdote. So I'm I think I'll, I'm I'm picking seven Struve here, going for the fellow Dutchman for the hometown pride there. Uh, just a little anecdote since Mike said the first time he bet on a fight, I will bring up the first time I bet on a fight. Uh, it's because I was there also, but I bet at the Mandalay Bay Event Center for UFC 126 on February 5th, 2011. I probably bet the day before, so February 4th. That was the fight. Uh, Anderson Silva fought Vitor Belfort. Uh, I bet on that main event. Lost. <laughs> bet on the 
I didn't bet on the main event. I bet on the co-main event, Forrest Griffin versus Rich Franklin. Rich Franklin was my original favorite MMA fighter. He lost. Uh, that was when John Jones beat Ryan Bader. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I miss I misspoke. It wasn't to my first bet. It was the my like my biggest bet in person. Oh, biggest bet in person. Gotcha. Why? Well, uh, trying to think if this one was for me, because this is one of the few times I like paid at a sports book and paid cash. So I'm trying to remember. It hurts, dude. Oh, I know. Man. I would bet you. No, I think actually, no. My biggest one that I lost was uh not at I don't I think it was it was at a higher event. It was back in Vegas. It was when um, Andre Arlovsky and Trav, uh, Travis Brown had that crazy back and forth stand up, like everyone getting knocked down back up fight where Chris Weidman uh, fought Vitor Belfort. And I thought, and that's when uh, a bunch of crazy stuff happened on that fight. But I had this huge parlay and I was going to, oh yeah, and that was the main evented by Cormier versus Rumble, the first one I think. Lost money on Rumble, thought he was going to win. I almost thought he did when he knocked him clean down. And then I had this parlay that was uh, Chris Weidman, Travis Brown, and Joseph Benavidez. Joseph Benavidez fight that fought that night, and Travis Brown fought the dumbest fight ever and got knocked out by Andre Arlovsky. And it's part of the reason that, well, that's not the reason that Travis Brown has me blocked on Twitter. He has me blocked for the hilarious photos that I have posted of him, but he can't get mad at that because he took those photos himself. But that's uh, that's so, it's it's <laughs> hilarious when you get blocked by someone, dude. You're so nice. I know, right? So, like, I feel like if I get blocked by someone, they're probably in the wrong because I'm pretty sure he's the only MMA fighter that's blocked me. I'm about, like, 90... <laughs> I'm, like, 99% sure on that. That Actually, I'm probably 99% sure he's the only person that's ever blocked me ever, but, you know, you take enough pictures of yourself in scans to clad outfits, I'm going to post them, but but okay, we're, we're moving on because I don't need to get you guys the mental image. I could send it to you if you really want the picture. It came with my phone the other day. Um, so we're both going for Struve. Peace out, Big Ben. Um, uh, in the co-main event of UFC DC, Cynthia Calvillo, plus 110, is fighting against Marina Rodriguez at minus 130, who I believe is Tiago Santos' girlfriend. Fairly confident on that. So go team. Sorry. Little anecdote. Cynthia has gone full bore uh, into improving her uh, training. She's training in my, uh, Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand because she realizes that is where she is lacking, given that she is more of a wrestler. Uh, has that given her time to shorten up her striking to be able to take on Marina Rose? Marina Rodriguez? We'll find out. Marina's base is Muay Thai. Uh, if you could tell, I guess that's probably where her and Tiago Santos match up is that. Muay Thai kick, strong kickboxing. Uh, she's great on her feet. Uh, I like her clinch a lot. Um, that also might help stifle some of the wrestling of Calvillo. I do not have a bet on this fight. Originally, I was leaning Cynthia Calvillo, but then I w- went back and watched Marina Rodriguez, Rodriguez's last fight. And you get to a point with a lot of um, with some of these WMMA fights where. I guess you could still call Kelvio a prospect. They haven't shortened up their striking enough. So when they fight someone that actually has really, really good striking, they land on them basically at will. And as long as this fight stays in the feet, that's likely what's going to happen. So I'm going to pass this fight on to Mike because I think, Mike, this is a fight that you have a bet on for our listeners. Go ahead. 
Yeah, this is going to be a pretty exciting matchup. Both, both these girls are pretty talented, but I, I just think that Marina Rodriguez is striking as uh, far superior to uh, Calvillo's, and I also think she's much meaner and uh, more aggressive. So I think in the clinch in the clinch situations, she'll be looking to land knees and be much more uh, deadly than uh, Calvillo will. And I feel like Calvillo's only game plan is to try to wrestle and uh, lay and pray and or get a submission. Um, but that's that's her only uh, way to win. I feel like Marina Rodriguez is uh, more advanced of just a striker that she also has some really good uh, wrestling scrambling and that we, we don't get to see often. So I, I'm going to lay down uh, 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 1.3 units to win one unit on Marina Rodriguez. I really think that her striking uh, and clinch is going to win her the, the the bout and possibly the the blood that shows from those strikes. Oh yeah, definitely with those type of elbows that she throws, those stri- I could definitely see a bloody affair to say the least. Uh, in the main event of UFC DC, slightly different one than the original main event. The original main event was supposed to be Alistair Overeem uh, versus Walt Harris, but anyone in the MMA bubble at all has heard the horrible things going on with Walt Harris and his family thoughts going out to him. It's just some awful, awful stuff. Well, Jarzinho Rosenstruck went for the call. He said he'd fight. He's in, he was coming off a win first round win over our, uh, Andre Arlovsky, which happened well a month ago right now. So by the time they fight, I believe it will end up being five weeks since that win, but since it happened so fast and he didn't take any damage, he's just going right back in it. Uh, Alistair Overeem is minus 120. Yerzinho uh, Rosenstruck is plus 100. Um, one thing I want to put out there, a lot of, I've heard a lot of people pushing for Rosenstruck. He's the new hot prospect in a division where everyone's singing his praises because he has two quick finishes three finishes collectively in as many UFC fights. And he's definitely on the cusp of people really pushing for him. But I want to remind everyone to not forget when he fight junior Albini, Mr. Diaper baby himself and got taken down and controlled on the ground for large portions of the first fight. And even had his back taken for a little bit before he eventually got up. He got this, he eventually got the finish in the second round, but not to me remember how bad he actually looked in that first round when it got to the ground. When you're fast, you're athletic, and you have some power, it's easy to look good in the heavyweight division before you find someone that could really take you down and control you. Now, let's not forget, Alistair Wolverine is a pretty good wrestler for someone who wasn't born to it and didn't do it his whole life. He has always had good uh, grappling with jujitsu and having a great guillotine and all that kind of stuff doesn't always show itself. But this new Overeem, this new protect my chin Overeem, play it safe till I find the finish Overeem, I can just see him getting this fight to the ground and laying down some vicious ground and pound and possibly a submission, but likely a ground and pound finish. It might be horrendously boring until that but I do think he's going to get the finish. This is a five round fight. He can take his time. He can pick apart Rosenstruck and get him coming in as he sidesteps and gets out of the way. He needs to avoid the covering up and backing up against the fence 
which sometimes he still reverts to. It's the kickboxing that he used to do with those big gloves. I mean, that could pretty much block everything. But with tiny MMA gloves, that, that doesn't work. It's the, the hardest thing when a lot of these kickboxers come into MMA. I'm actually surprised that that's something that um, Israel Adesanya never had issue with, given how long he was in kickboxing. But I really like Overeem here. I am still going with it conservative. I mean, because still the big question mark is can Overeem's chin handle a straight shot from Jarzinho uh, shot? Likely not, but can he avoid it? I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking he can. I think he could avoid it for the first round, frustrate him, get him down, and like I said, get a finish at some point. Now, I have a bet at Overeem minus 120 to win one unit. So that's 1.2 units down to win the one. I could just I just see him getting the finish. I see him just plugging along, just trying to get these wins. So whenever an opening for the championship comes up, he'll have enough wins behind him that he could just slide in. He has enough of a name. You can see a lot of things about Overeem. He is a smart, smart fighter. And I don't know. I think he's going to play this game smart. Granted, this might blow up in my face. And I've even very much debated on how much I'm going to bet it. I've always been confident I'm going to bet it, but the amount has changed. I even talked to Mike Pre-Show about that. Originally, I was going to bet it for more, but then downgraded because his chin isn't enough of a state that it scares me back enough. But Mike, how do you feel about this main event? How do you feel about this upstart heavyweight that's taking the UFC world by storm that they're hoping takes out Overeem so they got a new name in the heavyweight division? How do you see it going? Well, this is a that exact matchup of the OG versus the the new kid on the block. Uh, then this OG is Alistair Overeem. Uh, he's a well decorated striker outside and inside the octagon, and I, I think that he is so smart and has such good ground skills that he sh- he should win this fight. There, there's no reason why he shouldn't win this fight unless he decides to have the wrong game plan and not implement it, and he loses this fight. It, like you said, if Junior Diaper Baby Albini got J- Jair Rosen struck down or whatever you want to call him. I, I There's just no way that I, I can't believe that Alistair Overeem is going to be able to get him down and lay some ground and pound and vicious ground and pound or possibly submit him. Um, the only thing that I don't like is that they're heavyweights. I'm not a big fan of betting heavyweight fights only because it doesn't matter uh, how far your edge is on each side. It's just one stupid hit behind the ear and all of a sudden your fighter's day ends. So, uh, I like this bet though because this is the OG. Uh, the uh, the Rosenstruck has never lost a fight. He's also never fought anyone as decorated as Alistair Overeem in the octagon. So I'm gonna believe that the OG can do it in this uh, spot and uh, believe uh, Bob on this bet. Now that will wrap us up for UFC DC. Quick review. Obviously, I know it was the co-main event and main event, so you might have not forgotten, but the co- we have two bets so far on this fight. Keep an eye on the Twitter if there's going to be more, but two official ones for this podcast. We have one bet on Marina Rodriguez to win one unit. She is minus 130. We have another one on Overeem to win one unit at minus 120. We are currently minus 1.75 units to date, which we will likely cancel out and if not get into the plus after these two bets. And we get to look forward to UFC 245, possibly the most stacked fight the UFC has put on 
since the watering down of all pay-per-view cards. This one is like going back to how things used to be, man. There are three title fights on the top. Cole Covington versus Kamara Usman. Alexander Volk- Volkanovski versus Max Holloway. Man Nunez versus uh, Jermaine Duranami. We talked about earlier. Jose Aldo is... I don't know, donating blood or something to make it to 135 and fighting Marlon Marias, Peter Jans fighting Uriah Faber, Ben Saunders, Matt Brown, Ariel Doug. There's so many names on this fight card. It's one of the few ones that I literally know every fighter on there. I don't have to look up any of them. Do you know when the last time that happened was? It's been a long time. That's how good this fight card is. It's all names or guys who actually have had fights in the UFC. I'm loving it. It's going to be awesome. Um, Mike, how stacked up stoked you to talk about UFC 245 next week? I cannot wait for UFC 245. I, I just can't wait for this weekend and just start off, uh, you know, the spree of UFCs after that little drought. It's, it's sucked really badly. So I'm just happy to be back on the air with you and talking about fights again because it was dull for a bit. But uh, these UFCs are going to make up for it because, like you said, next weekend we got Usman versus Covington, and it is going to be insane. There's going to be drama. There's going to be all kinds of things. You, you, you definitely want to watch uh, the weigh-ins and everything leading up because I can feel some uh, the, something uh, being – they're definitely going to do some kind of incident or something. I could see it. This next week – and the UFC card then, this is the fight card that you invite your friends to. You invite them over to see when you want to make new fans. I'm not saying the, co- the main event is going to be super entertaining. I'm not, because it might not be. But guaranteed on this fight card, it has some crazy, violent, and exciting fights. Jeff Neal's fighting Mike Perry. That's an actual fight that's happening. Ben Saunders is fighting Matt Brown. That might not be as exciting, but Saunders doesn't have a chin anymore. We're going to probably get a finish in that one. Jose Aldo is a corpse and fighting Marlon Rice, both finishers. Like it's going to be exciting. Like other than like, there's a chance the main event that might not be exciting. And Jessica, I is fighting further on the card. So that might not be exciting, but basically every other fight on this card is going to be great. This is the one you invite friends over. You get food. You spend the whole time there. Now, I'm excited to talk to you guys about that next week. I know I'm gushing a little bit. Honestly, I wish the UFC would plan it out like we have three weeks off and then this happens because you can't imagine how many, how much everybody would just be frothing at the mouth if after a long break like that, we would get a crazy pay-per-view like this. I mean, DC, UFC DC is good. But UFC 245 is amazing. So get excited for that. We're going to talk about that next week. We already talked about the bets. Keep an eye on the Twitter account. Eye on everything else. Please, before I forget, rate review and subscribe we're back on itunes in a big way we're still on youtube we're on spotify podcast attic anything that you can think of where you want to listen to us we're there we're going to still be there we're going to keep putting out great stuff for you guys so mike thank you for talking fights with me man have a great week